Hi, and welcome to Women CEO in Reflection, a podcast dedicated to personal growth and mental health discussions with women CEOs across the globe. It's here where inspired women get candid about what drives them to succeed and the personal challenges they've encountered on their path to success. So if you're a woman on a mission, this is the podcast you don't want to miss. So sit back, relax, and let's get candid. Hi, and welcome to Women CEO and Reflection. I'm your host, Marisa Jones, and I'm joined by my co-host, Neil Haley. Today's guest is Michelin Mickey Woodard. She serves as president and CEO of Texas Women's Foundation. A 25-year business and social impact veteran, she is a respected national voice who has dedicated her career to championing equity, cultural diversity, and social justice. As the leader of one of the largest women funds in the world, Mickey works alongside a talented group of multicultural and multi-generational leaders to drive Texas Women Foundation's enduring focus on its mission to raise funds for statewide research, advocacy, and grant making to unlock economic and leadership opportunities for Texas women and girls. Mickey is highly sought after public speaker where she frequently lends her voice to social impact dialogues, spanning a multitude of media platforms from podcasts to national television programs. Welcome to the show, Mickey. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're here. Um, wow, Texas Women's Foundation, that's a big role that you play. Um, what, what was it that kind of led you onto the journey to, to doing what you do today? Oh, that's a great question. I think it, its root, its core is my family. I get service and just this um, hankering to do this kind of work and service from the examples in my family, whether that's my grandfather, who was a Tuskegee Airman, um, my great, great, great grandmother went to the same university that I did, but she went in 1890. Uh, I, I think it comes oh from an goodness. honest place. We both went to Hampton years, generations apart. I think it all comes from that. That's fantastic. Um, so it's in uh, the work that you do for the Women's Foundation, um, besides the, the mission, what is it that you offer the community? So we offer all kinds of programs focused on how do we make sure that the 14 million women in Texas have equal access to opportunity. And we look at what are the stumbling blocks if you don't. Is it childcare? Is it housing? Is it economic? How do we think about what those obstacles are and how as a group, we can help move through those. Is that advocacy, policy? Um, we have young women's groups. We have groups for women executives, just like me, that are CEOs and partners that come together around leadership and with the next generation that's behind us. What are they doing? So there's a myriad of ways that you can get connected and get involved. But at the heart of it, it's all about opportunity and access for the 14 million women of the state. That's fantastic. Um, you know, one of the reasons why I do this show is because, you know, growing up, uh, you, you know, I never really had mentors because my family were Sicilian immigrants. You know, no one went to college. My parents both had eighth grade educations. Um, no one in my family did. And so they were cooks, you know, they were they were cleaners, things like that. And um, and and when I you know, my passion, I followed my passion in I.T. So I spent 30 years in I.T. delivering technology mm. projects. But even then, the, the women were far and few between. And so the reason I have this podcast is to highlight women for for other women 
mm-hmm. you know, to, to help them and see them as, uh, you know, inspiration to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. When, when you talk about some of the challenges, you know, or you're looking for opportunities for uh, um, the women in Texas, what do you think some of the biggest challenges are that, that they face? Well, I think a few things. Texas is a huge state, right? And so when we say 14 million women, that's more than 46 states, like their total population. So if you think about how women are living here, that's a, very, that's a variety of ways. There are women here with no access to health care. Only one in five women in Texas have insurance. We don't have Medicaid expansion here. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And then I think there's the piece that you were talking about. Do we see each other? Do we see other women that look like us, that support us, that help us um, get through each one of those obstacles so that there is somebody right behind me? I think it's either how you're living or how you're serving. And, and, it's, and is this part of the, the Texas Women's Foundation, is it part of a government or it's a private, is it a private, private. organization? Okay. Because yeah, a lot of people, when that, you know, you know, women if, or anyone who's searching for help, right? A lot of them don't, they have too much pride. They don't want to go to the government, right? They don't mm-hmm. want to kind of step out and ask for help. So I like that, you know, you're a private organization, um, you know, that gives them a little bit more courage probably to come see you. Absolutely. And one of the things that we do, especially for young women, we have these groups called YWI, which is Young Women's Initiative, and we have them in Dallas and Houston. And what I love about them is we focus on young women of color. But we also say, tell us what your problems are. Tell us what you think the solutions are. We're not going to tell you, but we're going to give you a budget and we're going to support your efforts. But we're not going to tell you what you need to do in your own community. You tell us. And so last year, one of the groups wanted to focus on mental health. Another group wanted to focus on voting rights. And then they came to us and said, here's our plan and here's who we think we can work with in our schools, but can you help us with this? I love that approach because that just empowers them to know that they have the solution. Right. So do they, when they come to you, do, you, um, do, you, do they have to submit a proposal and do you reach out to your network of partners to offer them the services or do you, do you follow along with them throughout their entire journey? Option B. So we have, it's a nine month program. It follows the school year. So they start in September when they're in school, they go all the way through May. They have somebody that's overseeing their cohort. Um, We also have researchers that are supporting them. So we give them everything that they need in the beginning so that they can use that to design their solution throughout the year. That's great. Because a lot of times, you know, you get a phone number, right? Here's a phone number, call them. (laughs) And you don't really know how to put it together. So I I think it's wonderful what you're doing. And I think working in a group, I think that also helps to your point. um, If you can't voice it when you're by yourself, then how do you look at people around you and wonder if they're in a similar situation? And if that creates a safe space to have a conversation that you might not otherwise have. Yeah. And it gives, it probably gives them the confidence because they know that they're backed by you, right? They know mm-hmm. that they know that you're, you know, helping them through the process. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that means that somebody believes in them, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's important too, that we see you, that we care, that we want to bring more women to this conversation. Because our board, the board of the Texas Women's Foundation, 41 women, incredible women. 
that are dedicated to this work. So there are, there are a lot of women that are involved in supporting us, leading us, guiding us, um, and helping us with this work. That's so great. There's so many independent women organizations doing similar things, but it seems like you, you know, group them together to a lot to create a large network for the whole state of Texas. Like that's unheard of. I, I don't know if there's any other one in, in any other state like that. There are. I have fabulous colleagues around the country. I spent my morning or started my day today with the um, Women's Foundation of California. So there absolutely are. There's California, there's New York, there's the Women's Foundation of the South, there's Alabama. Like there's some great work that happens out there. We were started in 1985. And when we began, we were the Dallas Women's Foundation. And in 2018, we decided this is the time to go big and let's figure out how we can help even more and create impact across the state. And then what happened? 2020. And we all went back inside. So now this is the time when we're coming back out and really thinking about our work and thinking about our impact and trying to really create that scale. That's fantastic. I, it, 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 it's really, uh, I'm really happy to hear that all these other states have similar organizations doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't really hear about it much though. It's almost like you guys are working under covers, right? How do you, how do you, um, how do you plan to get your voices heard uh, so that you can, you can be seen more? It's a great question. You know, we talk about, there are statistics and I don't have them in front of me, but the women's funds get so little funding compared to other nonprofits solving important issues and problems. Absolutely. But when you look at funding in the women's sector, it's tiny. It gets even smaller when you look at funding in the women's sector for anybody that's running an organization that's a woman of color like me. And so we've got huge challenges in terms of getting our voices out there, creating awareness, letting people know that we are here across the country, that we've been doing this work for decades, that we are a resource to these communities, that you don't have to come in and wonder what the problems are. We know them and we can help create those solutions. And so social media, traditional media, big events. We did our luncheon gala two weeks ago, had 1,600 women in a ballroom wow. here here in Dallas. And Allison Felix was incredible. And she was our guest that day. So it's just trying to do things to raise the bar. That's great. Because it's not like the services and resources don't exist. They exist. Right. People just don't know about them. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. And like you said in the beginning, if you're struggling, it's already hard to ask for help. And so when you're in the middle of that, it is asking for help, but knowing who to ask. And that's tough. You know, it's interesting when you talk about this, how rewarding this must make you feel, how you're transforming the lives of so many Texas women. How does that make you feel knowing that the responsibility you have to really form them and help them and be really a transformational vehicle to change what's happening in Texas? It's a great question. I think I feel that responsibility. Absolutely. We've got a great team here. So I do not do this work alone. There are 20 other women, 21 other women outside of my door um, that work on the team here. And so we do it in concert, but it feels important um, in times that are so fraught, in times that are so challenging. As I mentioned, we're all coming back, right, to spaces in our lives, not just in our jobs. 
so this work feels like there's a real calling and a mission to to do it and to do it well. And and there's probably a lot of challenges in serving 14 million women and all of your peers on the board, right? Um, how do you manage that? What are, what are some of the things that you do to make sure that you don't get stressed out and that, that you reach out for support when you need it as well? The honest answer is I'm not, I'm great with advice. Ask any of my friends. <laughs> I'm right here. I got a good answer. But for myself, I have to do better. Um, I try to though, I think what's most important to me is my family. And knowing that there is, you know, just um, there has to be a boundary. And you can do this work and you can really let this work in in ways that can be unhealthy because it is such important work to do. And so for me, it's that escape of, you know, going home and, and having a different type of conversation. And I'm just grateful that they're there to have that. Um, I love to spend time with friends. I have a Peloton that might be more like a coat hanger at this point, but at one point it was really an active part of my day and week. So there's work that I, I love to travel. You know, that's one of the things that we got away from that I'm trying to get back to. So there are ways that I try, but I think anybody um, can have a conversation with themselves about boundaries. And I think that only gets worse as you get closer to the top. Right. How do you keep yourself in check to make sure you you kind of slow down? My brother. (laughs) (laughs) Your brother. I did not expect that answer. (laughs) How does your brother help you out? It's the people that really know you. So they know when you're covering. They know um, when you're not doing as well as you might say. And then for him, he's the one that can, there are certain people that can just tell you, tell you to stop, tell you, you know, this is, this is not exactly who you want to be in this moment. And you're not going to go as far as you want to by not stopping. And so you got to have that person that has that voice that will cause you to take a break. And for me, it's him. That's great. And I'm glad you listen to him and just don't push him off. Right. Cause a lot of us, yeah. we get people who love us and go, you really need to slow down. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no. So what, I, I, what, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. What advice would you give to, you know, maybe there's a woman out there who wants to follow in your footsteps. Hmm. You know, the advice that I normally say is let someone else tell you no. If you look back at my resume, bio, whatever that might be, you'd look back at all these opportunities and experiences and say, well, I don't know how this job prepared her for this job or prepared her for this experience. And it's because I always let someone else tell me no. Like, I feel like we can, as women, figure most things out. But we are the very ones that will read a job description or read through an opportunity all the way to the last word. And if we don't have every single thing in there, that's not for us. I'm not going to apply. I might not be able to do it. Let someone else tell you no. Give it your best shot. Take a risk. That's great. Absolutely love it. And, you know, even when you're told no, keep on going. If it's your passion and you want to do it, you know, Mm -hmm. just keep on following that path, whatever's guiding you. Mm-hmm. And that's not just for jobs, that's for life experiences that I've had. It's for, you know, some incredible opportunities to, I did a lot of work in disasters, to go to Katrina, to go to Haiti, like to do things that are just 
uncommon because I did not say that I could not do it. We are capable of so much more that we give ourselves credit for. Agreed. You know, it's always why me, right? Who am I, right? <laughs> we exactly. all have those conversations. Well, who am I to do this, right? Yes. Um, but in the end, we're, we can all achieve great things, you know, if we, mm-hmm. if we, if we believe in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I think also have people that believe in you, hopefully, in some form or fashion. And that's the other piece. I collect people. I, I try not to leave people behind. That you, that's an effort to, to stay close to people for years and years and years, decades of life. It is paying attention. It is listening. It is asking questions. It is being curious. It is showing ways that you care. And that's all energy and effort. Um, but having those people in your life that really know you, not for your job, not for your role, not for your leadership, or but just know who you are. That's important. That's great. Surround yourself with great people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yep. so I love what you're doing. Where can people find you? Well, uh, it depends on the week, but normally you can easily find me by uh, looking at txwf.org, which is our website. And then you'll get a sense of our upcoming activities and events. And I'm all over Dallas. I'm all over Texas. Uh, I try to make myself accessible. And if not me, my great colleagues are here to do this work. And there's lots of different entree points to that. So hopefully you'll check us out. I love it. Thank you. I'm going to be in, I'm going to be in Dallas in January. I may have to stop okay. by and say hi. Yes, please. <laughs> Thank you. It's been so great having on, on having you on the show. I absolutely love what you're doing. Thank you for your support for all the women in Texas. Um, it's It's incredible. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Women CEO in Reflection. To reach out to one of our guests, their contact is in the description of the show. Do you want a total mindset transformation? Apply to Mindset Warrior, The Art of Intentional Thinking, my personal coaching boot camp at IamAMindsetWarrior.com and schedule your call with me today. Thank you.